Welcome to the Burn Your Mortgage Podcast, a Canadian real estate podcast that shows you how to pay off your mortgage sooner and live well while doing it. Now, here's your host, Sean Cooper. Welcome to the Burn Your Mortgage Podcast. I'm Sean Cooper, and it's great to be back for another episode. On today's show, I'll be talking to Aaron Burry. Aaron is an entrepreneur, speaker, startup advisor, and former technology journalist. She previously spent six years as managing director at 88, a Toronto-based creative communications agency. She's a frequent speaker at events across North America and was named one of Marketing Magazine's top 30 under 30 marketers, journalists, and PR pros in August 2012. If that isn't impressive enough, Erin is also co-founder and CEO at Willful, an online estate planning platform that makes it easier for Canadians to prepare for and deal with death in a digital age. Let's face it, life can get busy, and to-do lists can seem never-ending. Willful does the heavy lifting to make estate planning as painless as possible, while skipping an expensive visit to a lawyer. Unlock peace of mind knowing that there's a plan in place for you and your loved ones. Willful guides you each step of the way, helping you create customized legal documents to protect you and your family. Create a will in less than 20 minutes for as little as $99. Visit burnyourmortgage.ca slash willful, that's W-I-L-L-F-U-L, to learn more and try Willful out for free. Enter promo code Sean Cooper, that's S-E-A-N-C. O-O-P-E-R, all in capital letters, for 10% off any plan. I've also included a link and the promo code in the show notes. In my interview with Aaron, we discussed what happens when you die without a will, what are some common excuses for not having a will, and why it's important to have a power of attorney for property. Without further ado, here's my interview with Aaron Burry. Hi Aaron, how are you doing today? I'm good, thanks Sean. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, thanks for being here. Wills are such an important topic, and I'm super excited to be chatting with you today about them. Well, not everybody thinks wills are an exciting topic, so I do, and I'm glad that you agree. (laughs) Well, great. Super excited. Let's get started. People have probably heard the term of a will, but perhaps they don't understand what it truly is. So Erin, could you tell me what is a will exactly, and perhaps talk about estate planning as well? For sure. So while it's not a fun topic to think about, a will is an extremely important document. It's basically a legal document that outlines how you wish to distribute your assets, which could include things like property or money. But it also outlines things like who would take care of your minor children after you pass away. And it also outlines who your executor would be. So your executor is the person who's actually going to be responsible for making sure that your wishes get followed after you pass away. So it's basically a blueprint that your family 
and your executor can follow after you pass away that tells them exactly how you want things to go when you're not here to actually speak for yourself. And as we saw last year when Aretha Franklin passed away without a will, it's a big mess for families when a family member passes away without that. There's a lot of scrambling around trying to find a will. You don't know if there is one or if there isn't. If you don't have one, there's a lot of guessing. You know, what would this person would have wanted? And you're dealing with so much when you're closing up someone's life that the last thing you want to be thinking about is how they would have want their assets to be distributed and if you're actually following what you hope that person would have wanted. Yes, exactly. And that's a great point. And my understanding is if you don't have a will, then basically the rules in terms of dividing the estate in the province that you live in apply. And those may or may not be according to your wishes. If you have a certain wish of how you want your assets to be divided and you don't want it to be just according to the provincial rules, then I think having a will makes a lot of sense rather than just leaving it up to the province to divide your assets. For sure, Sean. I mean, there's a lot of myths around estate planning and wills. And I think one of the common myths is that, you know, the government can take your money if you pass away without a will. And that's certainly not true. They can't just claim all of your assets if you don't have a will and you pass away. But what happens is you actually aren't in the driver's seat of your own estate and what you want to happen and how you want it to be distributed. So for example, if you pass away without a will, exactly to your point, the courts in your province will actually decide who gets your assets and how they'll be split up. And also, if you do have a minor child, who gets to be the guardian of that child? And the default laws might not match up with what you would actually want to happen, especially if you have a common law spouse or if you have any you know, specific gifts that you were hoping to give to someone or you wanted to donate to a charity. All of those are things that the court probably won't default to. So while obviously, you know, if you pass away without a will, it's not like your money just goes into the ether and disappears. It's obviously better to have a bit of a a plan in place so that they're distributed how you would want. Yes, it's a great point. And I've heard when we die without a will is called dying intestate. I was just curious on on that topic there, you talked about what happens when you die without a will. But since this is a real estate podcast, I'm just curious, could you explain what happens to any property or real estate that you own when you die without a will? Absolutely. So I think, you know, as a property owner myself, although I have to say, Sean, I have not burned my mortgage. I have not been as aggressive as you in saving up, but hopefully one day I will be mortgage free. But when you buy property, you actually don't have to make a special stipulation around property in your will. Basically, your estate is an umbrella that just has all of your assets from your properties to your RRSPs. So it's not like you have to create a bunch of specific stipulations around your real estate, unless you want your real estate to go to a specific person that isn't one of your benefits. But basically, if you die without a will and you have property, then the court looks at a couple of things. First, did you own the property by yourself or did you have joint tenancy? If you own the real estate by yourself, then exactly as you mentioned before, it would be up to the provincial laws to dictate where your property goes. So for example, in Ontario, the Succession Law Reform Act says that if you have a spouse but no children, your spouse gets your entire estate. If you have a spouse with children, the spouse would get the first 200000 and the remainder would be split equally between the children and the spouse, and the children would receive all of that at the age of 18. So your property would just fall in that umbrella and it would be split up as per those rules. Now, where that might change is obviously if you own property with someone else. So if you have a joint tenancy, the person who survives would automatically become the owner of the whole property. So for example, if you're married and 
spouse passes away and you owned a home together, you would automatically become the default owner. And if you had, you know, say you and three friends purchased a house, that's called tenancy in common. And in that case, you would keep your portion of interest in the property. And when you die, your share would go to your heirs as directed in your wills. If you don't have a will, it would be distributed based on those local intestacy laws that we were just talking about. And I should clarify, I'm not an estate lawyer. So this is all publicly available information that you can find on your provincial state websites. But we've done a ton of research on this subject because we get a lot of questions around, you know, I own property and I want to make sure that it goes to the right person. I also want to make sure that my kids don't inherit a mansion at the age of 18 because I'm not sure they would know what to do with an asset like that. So a will is just a really great way to ensure that the people that you want to receive your assets, including your property, get them at the right time and to ensure that it happens the way you want. That's a great point, Erin, because certainly when it comes to real estate and property, it's most likely the most valuable asset for a lot of Canadians. So you certainly want it to be divided as you truly wished for it to be divided rather than just according to provincial laws and further to the division of property with blended families being the new norm, with people getting divorced and then getting remarried and having children from separate marriages and all that. I mean, you may wish to give a piece of the property to them, but if you don't have a will written, then they perhaps could end up with very little or or nothing and it might not be according to your wishes. So certainly I think spending money on a will is money well spent and it can help keep the family together and uh, not at each other's throat and arguing if the property ends up just being divided according to provincial laws rather than how you really wanted it to be divided. Exactly. And, you know, there are often really unique stipulations. Like you said, I mean, it's 2019. We have so many different permutations of what a family looks like. And I've heard of cases where, you know, someone stipulates in their will that their partner that they were living with, you know, they weren't necessarily married. It was a second or third spouse or, or, or long-term partner. And they stipulated in their will that that surviving partner was able to live in the house as long as they wanted. And if and when they had another partner or they wanted to move out, then the house would go to the kids. But until then, that partner was able to live in it without having to be forced out by the children. So you can see that these kinds of very unique stipulations are becoming more frequent as we have blended families. And and the other reason you really want to have a will that stipulates what happens to your property is there can be major time delays if a will isn't in place. So if you think about, let's say, Aretha Franklin's estate, she died about a year ago. And her family actually just a couple weeks ago, so in spring of 2019, she died in August of 2018, they found handwritten wills in her home that they had not discovered at any point in the last eight months that have completely thrown her state of affairs into flux. And so if you don't have a will, there's a ton of time that's spent searching for one and trying to figure out if the person had one and where it might have been stored. And you can't actually even do anything with your real estate, not even hire a realtor to to actually sell it without going to court and getting appointed as the legal representative of that estate. So, I mean, that can take upwards of a year. It can cost thousands of dollars. And again, while you're going through the grieving process, the last thing you want to think about is how to prove that you're actually the person that should be in charge of this property. So again, it's not just to make sure that it goes to the right person. It's to make sure that your family and those who are left wrapping up your estate can do so expediently and without having to drag it through the court system. 
Yes, all great points that you raised. Lastly, I wanted to mention, it's also important to update your will as well, because if people end up getting remarried or whatnot, I've heard of cases where they don't bother to update their will and then they suddenly pass away and their assets, including real estate, could go to their former spouse or I guess somebody that they didn't necessarily want them going to. It's great if you have a will, but just be sure to update it as well. That's a great point, Sean. And fun tidbit, at Willful, we run a lot of Facebook and Instagram ads targeted at different audiences because there are certain life events that typically inspire people to create their will for the first time. So buying a property is definitely one of those major life events, having a child, getting married. But our best performing ad segment on Facebook is divorcees because you can bet that if you get those divorce papers signed, the first thing you're doing is taking that ex-spouse out of your will because exactly like you described, you do not want to have a case where someone who you definitely don't want to get all of your assets gets handed everything you own. Following up on that, what are some common excuses you hear from Canadians for not having a will? There are so many reasons to not get a will. And just to put it in context, there are about 16 million Canadian adults who don't have a will or who have an out-of-date will. So it's a huge segment of the population. Over half of Canadian adults don't have a will. At least one in 10 wills are out of date. So it's a massive amount of people. And we hear every excuse in the book. And I would say the biggest excuse or the biggest reason to delay getting a will is just procrastination. You know, putting it off and meaning to create it, but not wanting to have to pay over $1,000, not wanting to have to make an appointment at a lawyer's office in the middle of a workday, and really not wanting to think about death. It's uncomfortable to think about our own mortality, even if we all know that it's inevitable. And so people really put off having those tough conversations, like who would I want to execute my state? Who would I want to look after our children? And how am I going to talk to my spouse and fight for the person I think should be the guardian instead of who they think should be? Who do I actually want to get all my stuff? And how am I going to break that down? These are big questions that most people don't want to just sit down and think about when they're having a glass of wine on a Saturday night. So procrastinate is definitely a big reason. Cost is definitely one. You know, it can be really expensive to get a will. And then I would say a lot of people don't think that they need a will, especially if they are in their 20s and they don't have any assets or they don't have any minor children. And in that case, they usually don't need a will. But what everybody needs before they have children or before they have assets that they want to protect, everyone needs a power of attorney for personal care, otherwise known as a living will. And that basically dictates what you would want to happen in the event that you became incapacitated. So let's say you got into an accident or you became ill, that dictates someone who would make decisions on your behalf around medical care and you know whether you would want to be kept alive or not kept alive. So those things are really important. But again, if you're 22, you're probably not thinking about that stuff. And so unfortunately, most people don't have those documents in place. Yeah, I kind of think of the last point that you mentioned, it's similar to the whole disability versus life insurance. Like if you're a single individual who's younger, you might not need life insurance, but disability insurance is very important because it's important to protect your ability to earn income. If something were to happen to you and you couldn't earn a paycheck, then you'd have problems covering your rent or mortgage. So I think that's a great point that you raised. And speaking from personal experience, I didn't have a will for the longest time, but for me, when I bought a major asset, my house, even though I was single at that point in time, I decided to get a will because hopefully nothing happens to me. But you know, if something were to happen to me, I'd want my property to go to who I would want it 
to whether it's my parents or whatnot. But yeah, I mean, certainly I think when you buy a major asset like real estate, even if you're single at that point in time, it's just a good idea to create a will because you never know what can happen in life. I mean, hopefully you live to be 110 years old, but it's not super expensive. And I just think, you know, if you're spending money on a big asset like a house, then spending money on a small amount of money on a will is, is just common sense as far as I'm concerned. Definitely, definitely. I've heard the term power of attorney for property. And since this is a real estate podcast, I'm just wondering if you could explain what a power of attorney for property is and why is it important to have? Definitely. So going back to what I said earlier about power of attorney for personal care or a living will, power of attorney for property is very similar. So it accounts for what would happen in the event that you became incapacitated. So let's say, for example, you were in a car accident and you were in a coma. And obviously you weren't able to make decisions about your health, but you also weren't able to actually manage your finances. So let's say, for example, you owned a home and you had mortgage payments and you needed to make sure that those payments were being made. A power of attorney for property basically dictates and appoints somebody who would actually manage your property and your finances in the event that you became incapacitated. The courts can actually ask them to account for how they're managing your estate to make sure that they can prove that your best interests are always top of mind. And if the event that you did become incapacitated and you didn't have a power of attorney document, someone would actually have to go to court to get authority to manage your property. So obviously, again, like having to move through the court process and try to prove that you have the right to actually sell someone's home or that you have authority over it, this person would actually have to move through the court process and get appointed as someone to represent your interests. And if you're someone who has a lot of bills coming out, like most homeowners are, or you just have lots of bills in general, that could take a lot of time. And that could mean that you're missing bill payments and your finances are really falling out of order. So it's important, obviously, to have someone there to make decisions on your behalf, but also so that you can write in limits and you can dictate how you would want that person to manage your property. Yes, great points. I mean, imagine without one, then your mortgage could fall into arrears and your credit score could get damaged. So certainly, you know, you want to protect your finances. And I just think it's common sense to have something like a power of attorney for property. I mean, I don't know if you have any statistics on that, Erin, but I would imagine even fewer people probably have power of attorney for property than it comes to wills. Yeah, I don't know any stats offhand, but it's interesting. I mean, there are all of these, again, life events that would drive you to create a will, like buying a property. And we've talked to so many real estate agents and real estate lawyers and mortgage brokers to try to understand, are you already recommending wills and and power of attorney for property to your clients? And all of them say, absolutely. Every time we interact with someone who's buying a home, we always stress the importance of having an estate plan in place, of having a power of attorney in place but they're not able to close the loop with those people. So they might recommend it, but they can't actually control whether that person actually goes out and creates those documents. And again, someone interacting with someone who's just purchasing a house, you're probably excited. You're unpacking and packing. It's a crazy time in your life. So you're not necessarily thinking about estate planning as the number one priority. And so it's obvious why it gets delayed, but there are lots of real estate professionals who are recommending these documents to their clients every day. It's just a matter of those clients actually taking the process into their own hands and ensuring that they close the loop. 
It's exactly, I mean, it's similar to life and disability insurance and even mortgage penalties as well. I mean, those are things that people aren't really thinking about initially when they're buying a property. But certainly, you know, if something happens in your life and you end up having to for example, break your mortgage or you end up being disabled or whatnot, that's when you really start caring about it. And then you might realize that you don't have sufficient coverage. So certainly, as they say, hindsight's twenty twenty. I mean, while it may be a busy time when you're purchasing a property or whatnot, I definitely think it's important to spend that extra time to make sure that you do have that power of attorney for property because you might not need it anytime soon. But if you do later on, you'll certainly thank your lucky stars that you do have it. It's kind of like home insurance. I remember a colleague, she was renting an apartment and she didn't have contents insurance and her home was robbed. And it was one of those cases where people at work had a bake sale for her and people donated money to her. And all I kept thinking was if you had just had contents insurance, you'd just be able to replace everything. And it's such a nominal cost to have home insurance or contents insurance. And why would you risk that knowing that it's not that difficult of a process, especially in 2019 when you can buy insurance online really easily. And I think the same thing about something like a power of attorney. You hope that your home never gets robbed and you hope that you never have to replace that stuff. Just like you hope that you won't pass away before your time and you hope that you'll live until the age of 90, but not everything works out that way. And so why not just have that that insurance and that peace of mind that you have it in place? And again, just like getting an online contents insurance plan, which you can do today in about five or 10 minutes, getting a POA document is not that time intensive and not that expensive. So it's something that I'd like to think is pretty easy to check off the to-do list. No, I agree completely. Aaron, you've decided that you need a will, but let's be frank, wills can be a rather morbid topic, pun intended. Do you have any suggestions on how to break the ice and have this important discussion with loved ones? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, again, it's not the fun Saturday night dinner conversation that's going to get everyone excited. To me, it's like asking the tough questions before, you know, I got married last year, actually to my co-founder of of our company, and nobody wants to have the difficult conversations with a co-founder or with a life partner about things like, how do you want to raise our children? And what, what happens if one of us falls out of love with the other? And what happens if I want to sell the company before you do? Those are important questions though. And and while you don't necessarily want to broach broach the tough subjects, you're always better off for having discussed them. And it's the same with estate planning. So I think it's always good just to kind of warn the family that you want to sit down around the dinner table and talk about something that might be uncomfortable now, but that everyone's going to be glad they talked about. And actually my my co-founder launched the company because he went through a family experience where his family member passed away suddenly. And even though he had a will that dictated how his assets would be distributed, he had never spoken to his wife of 30 plus years about whether he wanted to be buried or cremated and what type of funeral he wanted. And it was just so shocking that this this couple who had been married for 30 plus years had never broached the subject of end of life planning. And I fear that that's so common. I mean, if you actually think about your own life, how many times have you actually sat down to have those difficult conversations? So in order to broach them, I think it is taking something like Aretha Franklin when it's in the news. It's a really great icebreaker to say, hey, did you see that Aretha Franklin's family just 
found these handwritten wills a year after she died. Isn't that crazy? Or maybe watching a funeral of a celebrity and saying, hey, how would you actually want your funeral to be? Would you want it to be a celebration or would you want it to be something that was really a somber affair? So those are always good ways to kind of open it up using pop culture references or using something that's already in the news. And again, recognizing that this is never going to be a fun subject to talk about, but you're always going to be glad that you did have the conversation when the time comes for you to put those wishes into action. Gosh, I'm wondering, is there some sort of phone app or board game that makes will planning fun? I mean, if it doesn't exist, then I think somebody should certainly create it just to make the topic more fun and less morbid. But certainly, you know, I using what's in the news uh, as a reminder to create a will. And that's unfortunate what Kevin had to go through. But I guess it was kind of an eye-opening experience. And even myself, I've had family members suddenly pass away like my uncle was healthy as a horse and he went away on his dream vacation with my aunt to Europe just after he retired like six weeks prior and he had pains in his stomach and he ended up going home from the trip and before I knew it I found out in the family that he had three kinds of cancer and he was in palliative care and passed away like four weeks later and nobody could have predicted that it's so important to have a will because knock on wood we all live a long time but you never know what curveball life will throw and you could just you could just step outside your house one day and unfortunately get run over by a bus we really don't know when our number's up so certainly you know we don't have a crystal ball so i think it's important if you want to take care of loved ones whether it's your spouse or your children just having a will taking the time to do that and making sure that everyone is taken care of is just such an important step to do I agree. And I'm I'm sorry to hear about your uncle. That's such an awful situation. And unfortunately, I mean, now we really sound morbid saying you could walk out of your house and get hit by a bus, but you are right. I mean, it kind of reminds me of that movie Final Destination where anything can happen at any time. And when your number's up, you really can't avoid it. And we all hope that we live to be, you know, 95. But even if we pass away when we're 95, someone's still there wrapping up our life. So unfortunately, it is an inevitability that we're all going to pass on at some time at some point in our life. So whether it's now or whether it's in 70 years, having a will and an estate plan just ensures that the people who are left behind closing up your life have an easier time. Great. Well, Erin, it's been wonderful having you on the show today. Before I let you go, is there anything of interest that you're working on that you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, first of all, thanks so much for having me. It's such an important topic and I love to talk about it. Although some people might think it's morbid, I definitely think it's important. And what we're working on is a company called Willful, which makes getting an estate plan and power of attorney documents online, very simple and affordable. And you can do it from home in your pajamas for less than the cost of a traditional lawyer. So we have been building this company because of that mission that that Kevin had to ensure that no family has to go through what he went through. And we're really just trying to build it one Canadian getting a will at a time and and we really appreciate you spreading the word so if you are interested and you're listening and you don't have an estate plan check out willful.co and regardless of whether you use our platform or whether you go to a lawyer or use someone else just make sure that you actually get it done thanks so much and what an inspirational story I mean to have an unfortunate thing like what happened with Kevin's family and to turn it into a company to help thousands or even millions of Canadians I think is so wonderful and the, the fact that it's so easy to update your will on your platform is 
great as well. And myself as a mortgage broker, I certainly recommend Willful to a lot of my clients. I'm so happy that there's a service out there like that. And I'd encourage everyone to check it out. So thanks again for being on the show, Aaron. It was great chatting with you today. Thanks, Sean. Likewise, appreciate it. As mentioned at the start of the show, this episode of the Burn Your Mortgage podcast is sponsored by Willful. Willful is an online estate planning platform that makes it easier for Canadians to prepare for and deal with death in a digital age. Let's face it, life can get busy and to-do lists can seem never-ending. Willful does the heavy lifting to make estate planning as painless as possible while skipping an expensive visit to a lawyer. Unlock peace of mind knowing that there's a plan in place for you and your loved ones. Willful guides you each step of the way, helping you create customized legal documents to protect you and your family. Create a will in less than 20 minutes for as little as $99. Visit burnyourmortgage.ca slash willful, that's W-I-L-L-F-U-L, to learn more and try Willful out for free. Enter promo code Sean Cooper, that's S-E-A-N-C. O-O-P-E-R, all in capital letters, for 10% off any plan. I've also included a link and the promo code in the show notes. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Burn Your Mortgage podcast. Besides being a podcast host, I'm also an independent mortgage broker. If you or anyone you know, family, friends, co-workers, or neighbors could ever use any unbiased mortgage advice or a second opinion, feel free to reach out. Email me at Sean, that's S-E-A-N, at burnyourmortgage.ca or call or text me at 647-867-3711 for a free mortgage consultation. Also, be sure to head on over to www.burnyourmortgage.ca and sign up for my free weekly newsletter. As a small token of my appreciation, you'll be able to download my ultimate mortgage checklist on choosing the perfect mortgage. I look forward to hearing from you and helping you with all your mortgage needs. Once again, thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Burn Your Mortgage Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and leave a rating. Until next time, happy mortgage burning.